Our brain is not designed to make us happy. Our brain is designed to keep us safe. And how our brains will work to keep us safe is by coming up with a thousand different ways that this thing we're about to do might kill us. It's why this practice, this deliberate practice of doing scary stuff, of doing things that you don't think, quote, someone like you can do, that practice, even when you fail at it, is so powerful because you are disproving to your brain that it's inaccurate. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. We're going to go for it. We're going to go for it. Uh, We're going to try and record in the floor in a rental cabin in Switzerland. That is what is happening in today's episode. I can't guarantee that it's the best camera work, and I can't guarantee that it's the best audio. In fact, it probably won't be, but I just thought it was kind of fun because I've never been to Switzerland before, and maybe some of you haven't either, I just was like, man, it'd be rad if I could actually pull off doing a podcast while I was there. And here I am, and we're going to give it a try. It is just after the first of the year in January, obviously in January, Rach, get it together. I came here because my boyfriend is European. So we did the same kind of schedule as we did last year. We had the kids for a couple of weeks leading up to and through Christmas. And then after Christmas, they went to spend time with their dad. And when they went to spend time with their dad, we came to Europe so we could see all of his family and friends. And then we ended that trip here in Switzerland to go skiing. And I did not grow up skiing at all. I have been, this is my third ski trip. I think my third Mammoth, Park City in Utah, and now Zermatt in Switzerland, which is a pretty intense ski trip. I did not grow up skiing, but my boo is a skier, and so it's a big passion of his, so I've kind of come along for the ride. We went for the first time last January. We took the two big boys, so my two teenagers, and the four of us went to Utah and did a ski trip, and that was... It was super fun. Honestly, it was, we had such a good time with the kids. And the kids and I all took lessons every day, and Boo just like went and did the mountain. But this time, I decided since I was coming with him and his friends are here, so they're all great skiers and have skied their whole lives. And this area is a skier's paradise. I was like, okay, if I'm gonna go, I really want to commit to some deliberate practice, which is 
when you are intentionally pushing yourself further than you think you're capable of. And basically me doing anything with skis is deliberate practice because it's really scary. But this time I decided that I would do private lessons because I was like, if I'm going to do this, I, I, I just want to get over my fear. <laughs> so this is my fifth day here and I can tell you, or my fourth day here, and I can tell you that I am not over my fear. I'm still very terrified. But the process of doing something scary has actually really been like this whole last 12 months and into this trip has really been life-changing for me. And I'm not using that term loosely. Like I always heard that expression, do something every day that scares you. I can't remember if it's like a first lady or something who said like, do something every day that scares you. And I used to get so annoyed by that because I was like, I don't want to be afraid. And I think she meant like, you know, go talk to a stranger and say hi or like challenge yourself to do whatever. But it's still like that. It always frustrated me. And I realize now that it frustrated me because I am afraid of being afraid. And what's wild is that I can do a lot of things that would scare people like I'm not afraid to talk in front of a crowd I've I've spoken on stage for hours to 20,000 people I you know have tried all sorts of things in business I've pushed myself outside of my comfort zone I failed again and again and again I'm not afraid of those kind of things but I am really afraid of like getting hurt physically like I don't do things that I think a lot of people would do, just I have such an intense fear of getting hurt. And that has kept me from trying a lot of stuff. And like, not even to be honest, a lot of stuff that I was craving doing, like, I've done a lot of things in the last 12 months that I never really had a desire to do skydiving or swimming with sharks or um, zip lining things with heights, like, running a marathon without training, like all of these crazy things that I've done, those were not on a bucket list anywhere. I never really felt like I was missing out. But when I would have these experiences where I'd be with a group of people or maybe my kids would want to do something and I just would be so petrified of it. And you maybe have heard me tell this story, but almost exactly a year ago, I was in England, same same vibe. I'd come to Europe with Boo for New Year's and we were on a cliff in Cornwall looking over this beautiful ocean. It's like freezing cold and I didn't even have a conscious thought of this until it came out of my mouth. But I was like, God, I'm so tired of being such a weenie. I'm so tired of being afraid. And then I was like, what? And he said, he was like, what are you talking? You're not a weenie. What what are you afraid of? I realized like I was afraid of so many things that other people will at least try. And I don't like the idea that I'm missing out on experiences because of fear. So I made a commitment to myself. I made a promise to myself on that day, January 1st, 2022, that I would challenge myself to do things that were scary. What I have learned in the process, you guys, like I I know it sounds like something that a personal development, whatever, tells you to do and you're like, okay, but 
what I have learned about myself from pushing into situations where I'm literally terrified, I'm kind of, I feel like there are people who maybe are like, yeah, I've been doing that my whole life, dummy. And they already know this, but I didn't understand how much growth would come of that process. You could almost boil it down to like, if you look at Stoic philosophy and this idea that you you push yourself into uncomfortable situations so that you can better handle all the parts of your life. Like there's an old um, saying, something like, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like the warrior who sweats more in peacetime bleeds less in war times because you'll take on more challenges that you choose when you have the capacity to choose them. You will better be able to handle the challenges in life that you don't choose. We challenge ourselves or we bring in new habits into our lives when we have the capacity to take them on. Because we have to honor the fact that we don't always have the capacity to take on something challenging. Sometimes your life has enough challenges already. You can't add anything into the mix. I have a friend who's pregnant right now and it's early in her pregnancy and she's so sick. Bless her, she is so freaking sick. And many of us who are mamas who have been pregnant can identify with that particular kind of sickness. But you think she's able to take on a new challenge that she chooses? No! Right now, girl is trying to survive. We don't honor enough the season that we're in and what we are capable of taking on. But if you have the capacity, even like a little bit extra right now, to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. It doesn't have to be a terrifying thing like I'm going to talk about today. It doesn't have to be something that terrifies you. But just pushing yourself past a current boundary in a simple way. It could be like maybe you're the most shy human on the planet and the little capacity you have is that you're going to start making conversation with the barista at your favorite coffee shop. It could be that you're going to go through your day and hand out 10 compliments to people and make their day so much brighter and better because you see them in a world where people are feeling more and more lonely. We have this loneliness epidemic right now. Maybe your challenge to yourself outside the comfort zone is like you're going to strive to make sure people know that you know that they're here and that they matter. There's a beauty and there's an evolution to be found pushing past those boundaries. And I would just love to encourage you guys as we head into a new year and we think about goals and dreams and aspirations that we have for ourselves, let some of those goals and dreams and aspirations be you doing stuff that you haven't done before. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to share some of the things that I have learned in doing things that I literally did not think someone like me could do. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. 
Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I have a lot of ideas about, I mean, this has been true. God, I'm like a broken record because if you would have interviewed me a decade ago and asked me about long distance running, I would have told you that like, I hate running. I used to say that. I used to say, I hate running. I couldn't even, you know, get a quarter of a mile down the road without feeling like I was going to throw up. And I all the time would see people running and be like, what is wrong with that person? I can't even. And it's just, you know, it's bullshit. It's the stories that we tell ourselves about why something isn't for us because we're scared to try that thing or because we don't think that thing can be ours. Because to be honest with you, there's a million activities that exist in the world right now that I'm not even aware of. I'm sure there are so many kinds of workout modalities that I'm not even conscious of and I don't notice. But for five or 10 years, I would see people running and be like, that person's ridiculous. Why would anyone torture themselves in that way? Like I was always noticing the runners and like thinking, you know, I could never do that. Why would they do that? Or, you know, I'd see people like on Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day, they'd be out on a run. I'd be like, what is wrong with that person? This is a holiday. You're supposed to be eating and drinking. And now I'm like, I'm the person who runs on Christmas Day and who runs on Thanksgiving. And because it makes me feel good, because it gives me all of these gifts I never understood before. But it's worth noticing What are you paying attention to slash judging? Because honestly, if someone wants to, I don't know, do speed skating, I'm not paying attention to speed skaters and being like, oh, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, cool. Like, that's crazy. Like, I have no desire to do that. But you know what I mean? So there's some, there's something to The stuff that you keep noticing and keep judging and keep thinking, that's not for someone, quote unquote, like me. Skiing is 100% something that I have my whole awareness of it identified as not for someone like me. I didn't grow up in a place with snow. My family did not have money at all. And skiing is a very expensive hobby, I have just discovered. Certainly, I'm sure there are ways to do it less expensively, but like renting the gear, getting a pass, traveling to a location with snow if you're not already in one, like it's just, it's a lot. Not only that, my family, my parents, my aunts, like the voices of 
authority in my life growing up had a lot of opinions about, oh, you're going to break your neck. Like you're gonna, and by the way, I'm sure this is where my fear of getting hurt comes from because they were afraid and they gave that fear to us and tried, even like I'm 40 years old and both my parents, I like sent them a video of me skiing and both of them like, oh my God, like that's amazing. But like, just please be careful. Like I can't, that's so scary. And you know, it's crazy how much our parents fear or the people that raised us how much their fears become our fears if we're not really conscious of it so I didn't grow up doing this thing and I would see people do it and I would think oh well it's too late like I can't learn to do that as an adult and I wanted to do this episode because I wanted to talk about fear and I was hoping that even one of you would hear this conversation and do something that scares the crap out of you and become a different person and learn in the process. But I also wanted to just encourage you that it's never too late. It's never too late to try something. It's not. It's not too late to do the thing that you don't think you can do because I truly attempted this. I had done it years and years ago, but I truly attempted this for the first time when I was 39. Honestly, I have fallen again and like eaten shit like not just fallen a little bit like rolled down a mountain I've done yesterday I did a full superman down a mountain my skis went flying I had to climb back up the mountain to grab my skis I've done like full pirouette pirouettes into crashes I went up over the side of a lip the other day and like it's just I've I have hurt myself doing this I've also had a hell of a lot of fun And I don't know. I mean, I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm here for the apres ski. I am. If you're a skier, you know what that is. And the only reason I agreed to come on this ski trip with Boo and his friends was because I wanted to do the like, oh, after the skiing, you go and have like a delicious glühwein, which is like a, a mold hot cider or mold hot wine here. You go have like toasty delicious mulled wine while you're by a fire in your skin like it looks like it's out of a that's why I'm here I came here for that moment and like the delicious food the fondue and the uh, rashti and like all of these amazing things that the Swiss the chocolate that like I'm here for that but while they were skiing all day I was like I can't what am I gonna watch Netflix while everyone skis and then meet no I was like if you're gonna do it you're gonna do it And I'm shocked to tell you, I get it. I get why people like skiing. I would never have understood this, but it perfectly feeds my Enneagram 3 achiever nature. I just shout out to any other Enneagram 3s. If you haven't tried a ski holiday, you you might be interested in this. Because the setup of these days, you go and you ski for three or four hours, you're like toast, like your body is so, it's the most incredible workout. Buns of steel. I mean, first of all, when you first start, like you're, I'm saying this because those of you who ski are going to know, you and y'all have maybe seen it, but you like hold a, like the snow plow is what they call it, or the pizza. It's like you hold your skis in a triangle because that's what makes you go slow or gives you the ability to stop but when you first start skiing you're petrified I mean petrified and so you basically just hold the snow plow 
endlessly for three or four hours. Girl, your thighs and your butt have never had a workout like a snowplow that's trying to keep you alive. Straight up. Honestly, it's been an incredible workout into some incredible food. We're in this place called Zermatt in Switzerland, which is literally at the base of the Matterhorn. Like, you know, in Disneyland, there's the Matterhorn, the actual Matterhorn. Everything here is beautiful. There are like every, you're skiing down mountains and like you're, there's all these little amazing restaurants on the mountains. You ski into like amazing food. You can, I'm just, you know, I'm here for the food, but I had to ski in order to get it. So I get it. Ski people, I get it now. And I'm still terrible, but I'm trying. And in the process of trying this week, like I had a day where I was skiing, my second day skiing. I didn't enjoy it once. I did not smile one time. I was so scared. I just was in my head. I had like, I had had a pretty first day, kind of first day, but I had had some successes and I felt proud of myself. And then my last run of the day on the first day, I crashed pretty hard and that really psyched me out. And so the second day I went in and had a really hard ski day, like a couple of times I'm going down the mountain and I'm with an instructor, but obviously they can't save you if you're like about to go flying. A couple of times I literally was like skiing down the mountain crying because of fear, like I'm gonna die. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. 
And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas? The food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. I was feeling pretty discouraged in that day because of how hard it was, because of feeling really frustrated, feeling like, you know, that voice in your head, like, of course you can't do this. And like, you're, you are too afraid. And I was literally just trying to get through the lessons just so I could be done. It just sucked. And we went up for our last run and my instructor's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. If any of you are coming to Zermatt to ski, the Summit Ski School, and his name is William. He's a adorable 25 year old Swedish boy who like the very first day and he has no idea like who I am or what I do but the very first day he was telling me that he's recently got into personal development and we're on a ski lift and I was like oh son you've come you've come the universe has connected you he's like I'm not really sure what to read next I'm you know I'm on this journey and I want to know what to read and I was like oh my child Come come in for the real thing. The universe has guided you to me so that we could talk about this. He knew that whole day he knew I was really struggling and he was doing his best to try and like help me. But I was just so in my head and I was so scared. I went up for the last run of the day and we were on a mountain where the runs are really quite, quite long. And I was just like, oh my God, please, Jesus, let me get to the bottom of this hill just something clicked inside of me. And I was like, you know what? You know better. You are having the worst day because I kept falling again and again. I'm like, you are having the worst day because you are in your head and because you are letting your mind run away with you and you have the shittiest mindset right now. And I was just like, you either are going to get in the right headspace to do this or you're not going to do the run because trying to do this in this mindset is actually going to hurt you, you know. Teacher, physician, heal thyself. Like, come on. I was like, okay, screw it. I'm just gonna like hype myself up and just try and enjoy this run. And I still fell, but I did so much better. I got to the bottom without dying. When I finished, I was like, it's crazy how many lessons are inside of this. It's, and it doesn't even have to be skiing, y'all. It's like anything you do that challenges yourself. The incredible lessons inside of what you're doing. So for me, I'm like, oh yeah, the reminder that if your mindset isn't right, 
none of it's going to go right. That's a life lesson. If you're in a crappy mindset, it's all going to suck. And I know that you've experienced moments like this. You have had moments in your life where the exact same scenario on different days, one time is like the best thing that's ever happened to you and another time is like your worst nightmare. Every single one of us have experienced moments where your partner is like being all lovey and sweet and like kissing your neck and you're like, oh baby, you know, you're feeling, you're feeling the vibe, you're loving it, whatever. And then you probably have also had a moment where your partner tried to come up and kiss your neck and you're like, I will cut you. For whatever reason, you're tired, your hormones, you're frustrated with them, whatever, exact same scenario on different days feels differently. But the only thing that's different is the mindset you have about the situation. So I did that last run and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many lessons in this. And I wanted to share a few others with you while I've got you. Pulling out the old the old journal. Um, okay, so this is a great one. I love an analogy for life. And William told me a really good one. When I was on the first day trying to figure out how to ski, he... Like I, I was like hyper aware of like people zipping by, by me because that's also when you're skiing, that's a scary part of it is it's not just you that you have to worry about. It's also the people around you and crashes happen. And, it, you know, my biggest fear in skiing, like literally my biggest fear is crashing into a little kid and not because the little kid crashed into me, but because I like ran over someone's six year old. He told me, oh, don't look back. Don't look back up the mountain. He said most accidents in skiing happen because people are looking backwards. Let me say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> most accidents happen because people are looking back. Let's like just let's just use this as an example of our life. How many of us are obsessing over the past? How many of us are constantly replaying the mistakes that we've made, the losses that we've had, the grief we've endured. We're so focused on the past, we can't even appreciate the present and definitely can't plan for the future. So he said, yeah, what happens is you look backwards to check and see where someone's coming down the hill and then you change your trajectory based on what you think they're going to do but they were planning based on what they thought you were going to do. So when you adjust at the last minute, now they're screwed and that's how accidents happen. So he's like, never look backwards. And another layer of this, I was struggling so hard the first day because I was looking down at my skis. I kept looking at my feet, trying to like ski down the mountain, looking down at my feet and then trying to adjust based on what my feet were doing. And he kept telling me, loosen up. And look out in front of you. Loosen up and look out in front of you. Because he's like, if you can look out in front of you, you'll be able to read the terrain. You'll understand what's coming next and you can adjust to it. But don't look back. Don't look down. Look forward. Yeah, so I just thought that was a good reminder for all of us that we maybe spend a bit too much time obsessing about the past. And what's interesting is that I would consider myself as a very future-minded person. If anything, I feel like I struggle to be in this present moment because I'm so focused on where I'm going in the future. But I do think about the past a lot. 
I have really, maybe because I've spent so much time trying to process trauma and deal with the stuff in my childhood and do the therapy and do all the work and heal, but I I really do believe there comes a point in our lives where we just have to let it go. We just have to let it rest. We just have to let it die where it is. Like it's in the past. You cannot change it. You cannot fix it. And yes, do the therapy, do the work. Oh, that is the key to honestly my mental and emotional health is how much work I've done. But at some point you just have to stop digging it back up because the digging it back up is never going to propel you into your future. It's just going to keep anchoring you to your past. Okay, the next thing that skiing has taught me is a reminder to get out of my head. Years ago, I went to a conference and I heard Tony Robbins say, if you get in your head, you're dead. So he spent this whole keynote talking about making decisions from your heart, moving from intuition, listening to your gut, but that our heads are not designed, our brain is not designed to make us happy. Our brain is designed to keep us safe. And how our brains will work to keep us safe is by coming up with a thousand different ways that this thing we're about to do might kill us. And I don't even mean something scary like skiing off a mountainside. I mean, your brain will come up with ways that applying for a new job could be the death of you. Your brain will tell you that asking out that cute girl at the bar will be the thing that takes you down. Your brain will come up with all of the reasons that it possibly can to scare you into staying inside your comfort zone. It's why this practice, this deliberate practice of doing scary stuff, of doing things that you don't think, quote, someone like you can do, that practice, even when you fail at it, is so powerful because you are disproving to your brain that it's inaccurate. It's like, oh my gosh, if you go skiing, you're going to die. No, I just did it and I'm fine. And it was scary and exhilarating and petrifying and all of those things. But like, sorry, brain, you are incorrect. I didn't actually die from this thing. It wasn't the worst thing that happened to me. Was it the best? Maybe not yet. But it was cool and I'm proud that I didn't sit on a couch today doing nothing out of fear. I had the best reminder of how important it is to stay in my heart instead of my head. And that was, again, on the second day of skiing when I was struggling so badly. I kept crashing and I was trying to analyze why I kept crashing and I realized it was because like if my body was sort of the thing in charge, I do great. But as soon as my head starts to try and help, that's when I crash. That's when I fall. Because my brain will be like, oh my God, you're going to crash, you're going to crash, you're going to crash. And then I do. And I think this is probably true for most of us. We'll start to spiral out in something and then it will become our truth. So for me, I was like, I've got to get out of my head. My head is what's screwing me up right now. And William had told me that obviously, you ski best if you're in flow state. If you're really just moving with your body, it's why he encouraged me to look out in front of me because he's like, 
if you're looking down at your feet, your brain is trying to tell your feet what to do. But if you're trusting that your body has this, then your body actually is feeling it's feeling the train. It knows how to respond. Like at this point, it knows how to respond. Just let it do what it does. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting in my head. I really need to get out of my head. And I was so scared. I know you keep hearing me say that, but I just want to get across. I wasn't scared. I was terrified. And so I was praying a lot and I was calling on guardian angels. Like I was like, please, you guys, like this is awful. And I still have an hour and a half of this lesson. I just, please, I want to be able to enjoy some part of this process. I just don't want to be this scared. I was skiing by, I was on a run where, you know, I told you there's all these cute little restaurants and things as you're skiing. And I was skiing, I was on this thing called the Igloo Run because there's a beautiful Igloo restaurant on the way down. And that igloo is about halfway down the run. And that igloo, very smartly, has fantastic music playing. There, it's not, it's like great speakers of the igloo. So it's like you start to hear it long before you see it. And it's a great idea because it makes you, you're like, I'm terrified. I think I'll stop and like go to the igloo. So every time I would go by the igloo, it would be playing music. And I love the Swiss, I have to say, because they have an affinity like myself for old classics. And it just so happened that on this time down, as I was passing the igloo, it was Listen to Your Heart by, I want to say Roxette, which I want to say is maybe a Swedish band, which would make sense because lots of Swedes here. I was skiing by, terrified. And of course, I feel like the angels were like, okay, we're going to take over the playlist. And it was, you know that song, like, listen to your heart when it, see, I don't even know the words right, calling to you, <laughs> listen to your heart, there's nothing else you can do, I don't know where you're going, I know I can't sing, maybe you auto-tune this, Jack, no, just kidding, um, but you know that song, that old song that's literally saying, listen to your heart, and I was like, okay, and so what I did, and this really helped me, was I sang the rest of the way down the mountain. Like I audibly sang that song out loud the rest of the way down the mountain because if I was singing, I wasn't thinking. So the next time down, I'm like bringing out the greatest showman. I'm bringing out worship music from my childhood. Like every time down the mountain, I would sing. And I still fell, but I fell much less and I felt way more in control. So I loved the reminder to get out of my head, to move from passion, to move from intuition, to move from a place of love. The way that we do that is by being really intentional about connecting to that heart, to, you know, whether you believe in a heart chakra or your, your inner knowing, your inner being, like that intuition inside of you you connect to a higher level you connect to god you pray whatever it is it's why you hear so many people talking about a morning routine because the morning routine is an incredible opportunity to connect even if it's five or ten minutes to just take the time to close your eyes get centered and connect to the heart so you're moving from that place i did a recent episode Oh, and I forgive me because I don't know the number, but it was our most popular episode for quite a while, which was seven habits that helped me connect to a higher power. That must have really resonated with a lot of you guys. 
because we need some reminders of ways that we can connect to ourselves and to something greater. And when you get scared, it's like, okay, how can I go back to this heart-centered place? And if nothing else, put on that song as loud as you can, sing it as badly as I just did for you guys, and, uh, and hopefully feel a bit more connected. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The last thing that I want to tell you guys about this process, this skiing trip, and who knows, maybe I'll have more stories. I'm going out again this afternoon. But yesterday, I wasn't going to ski. So I had had two days of lessons. And then we were meant to take a day off because it was supposed to be kind of cruddy weather. And I woke up and I was feeling like a little bummed because I just thought, I mean, y'all, you know, my schedule, my life and I have these babies to raise and the chances of me getting back to Switzerland to ski is probably going to be another year. It's going to be another year when the kids are with their dad again and then I have this break. So it's a really rare opportunity, I think, for any parent, especially to get the time away. And even if you're not a parent, like whenever we have these pockets of time where we don't have to be at work and we don't, I mean, haha, because I'm working right now, where you just get this sort of break from your regular life and you have this opportunity. I really felt a little bummed because I was like, I'm not going to get to do this again for a very long time. And I feel bummed that I'm not doing it today. I went to a yoga class in the morning, which was very necessary because every muscle in my body is like screaming. So I went to a yoga class and then I was like, you know what? Let's, I'm going to go skiing. I'm just going to go, and I didn't have 
my teacher that day. I didn't have William with me, but I thought there is one slope in all of these mountains. I need you to understand if you are a skier in the U.S. and you don't know this because I did not know this. If you go to a mountain in the U.S. that has ski runs, I mean, there's maybe, what, 15? Maybe. You're here. You guys, there are 100 runs. Every direction around me is a snow-covered mountain with ski runs. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. But there is one run that's super mellow. There is one run that I would say is the equivalent of like a bunny slope in the U.S., Something else I didn't know is that like European grading of a ski slope is way more intense than the U.S. Like I feel like I can probably go back to the U.S. and like just crush it now because these slopes are so hard. But there's one really gentle slope. And I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to this slope and I'm just going to do it a thousand times. Like I'm just going to do it over and over and over, even though it's gentle just so that I can feel more confident in what I'm doing. And I went, it's called Ice Flu, E-I-S-F-L-U-H or something. I get all my gear on, I go up, I am headed down to Ice Flu. I'm petrified because remember the day before I'd had this horrible day of skiing and I just take it nice and easy and I work on my technique and I just did that over and over and over. Ice Flu has two entry points. One is this very gentle thing that takes you down the rest of a very gentle slope. And then the other one is incredibly steep. Like it's just like over the top. It's insane, but it's fairly short. Like you're only in the steep thing for a fairly short amount of time. And my boyfriend had seen it and he was like, oh, I bet that you're supposed to start with the gentle thing and then work up to that steep part because they connect and then so you really just have to get through the steep moment and you'll be okay but he's like that's that's really steep like that piece is pretty intense and when I was on the chairlift which takes you by this steep hill I could hear people on this bit and I don't sorry I'm like such a nerd that I'm like talking about skiing nonstop. but you can tell based on the sound if it's ice like Snow sounds one way, right, when skis are on it. But ice is like, (sighs) and if it's ice, that means you're going to go so fast. So now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so steep and it's icy. And I'm just like, there's no way. There's no way I can do this. But like in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, but deliberate practice. And if you don't push yourself, you're not going to grow. And thank the Lord for small mercies because I was headed up. I had done... The easy one five times I was headed up in the chairlift and I look over and there is an instructor taking six five-year-olds down this steep slope. Can I just have a minute for these babies on skis? If you've ever been skiing, you know what you're like a grown human falling over, tumbling down a mountainside and there are these little babies doing 1000 miles an hour, not afraid at all. Like I don't, I do not get it. Kids are the most amazing skiers. I, I just, I don't have words, but I see this instructor taking these little babies down the steep thing. And I'm like, okay, there's no way this person's taking these kids down this bit if it's too dangerous for me. So I was like, stop being a wuss. If you fall, you fall. Like it just is what it is. 
let's just go. I did it and I it was freaking terrifying and I got to the bottom I was like okay and I had done five of the easy and so I thought okay I'll do five of the hard. A couple times that was very treacherous because it was so steep that I couldn't see if someone else was on the hill and a couple times I came over the top and there were just like these little duckling children like right there and I don't know how to stop and I'm like I'm gonna kill everybody and whatever but I lived and the very last time my 10th run of the day I'm like okay one more I hesitated for a moment I learned later that you really have to listen to your body when your body's tired I mean hello another life lesson when you're tired you make mistakes is something I've learned in skiing so I went I had done nine and I'm at the top of this precipice again I'm like okay one more run but my legs were really tired they were like okay Rach we're done but I thought oh we've done it let's just Let's tick this off. Let's be done. And then we're going to go get a coffee and it's great. So I start going and y'all, I I wish I had video because I literally don't even know what happened. All I know is that at some point down this mountainside, my skis are flying. I am doing a Superman down the side. I, It was like the worst crash I've had. Still don't know how it happened. And... I think I told you at the top of this conversation, I had to like crawl back up the mountain to get my skis and then put my skis on, on a mountainside, which is very difficult on a steep slope, at least for me. It was a whole thing, but I got through it. I got done and I was like, you know what? Yes, I fell. Yes, I crashed. But it reminded me of this conversation that I had earlier in the year with Ben Hardy I had, you know, I just had re-listened to some of that episode because we did it as part of a mastermind series here on the show, which hopefully you guys listen to. It's so great. I think you can go back like a single episode and you'll find it. But he has this quote I love where he says, I'd rather fail as the future version of myself than succeed as the current one. And I thought this was such a beautiful analogy for skiing. Failing in pursuit of a challenge that you've given yourself. Failing in a challenge you have given yourself is better than succeeding in your comfort zone. Failing at something that you are challenging yourself to do is better than succeeding in your comfort zone. Because yeah, I suck at skiing and I keep falling. I'm about to go out there this afternoon and fall a whole bunch more times. But at least I'm trying. At least I'm doing it. Like how many people are waiting around to talk shit on anyone who tries to create anything? The critics are endless, right? Everybody has an opinion on why your thing sucks or isn't good or what. At least you're try- at least you're trying. Like I, that was another thing that was playing in my head as I was trying to do that really intense cliff steep thing yesterday I kept thinking of the Roosevelt quote about daring greatly like at least I'm in the arena at least I'm taking the punches like at least I'm daring greatly let me fall in pursuit of something hard than succeed at the same old crap year after year that's something else I heard in that interview with Ben that I didn't catch the first time around. He was like, 
if you want to 2x your life, if you want to just do a little bit better than you're currently doing, you really don't have to change much. He's like, because that, all that is, is you dragging your past into your future. But if you actually want to become a different person, you're going to have to do some different stuff. And y'all, whatever it is you're trying to build or do or grow or change, you better believe there's someone who will very quickly talk crap about it. And maybe they're talking crap because just like me and just like you, once upon a time, they had the goal or the desire to do that thing that you're now doing. And it's making them feel a certain kind of way that you are pursuing it. And frankly, that has nothing to do with you. Let's work on not taking the criticism personally because it's not about us. Someone's talking crap on the internet. That has nothing to do with you. Your mother-in-law disliking your life choices, it has nothing to do with you. That's her opinion. That's their opinion. That's them. You get to decide whether or not you take those moments personally. But I'll tell you what, I am so pumped that I fell, I slid my butt down a mountainside over and over and over again because I have memories now. I have this experience that nobody can take these things away from me. It's 2023. It's my 40th year and I've already been skiing in Switzerland. I've laughed and had the most amazing memories. My body hurts like I've challenged myself. I've seen beauty like I didn't even know was possible to see. I spent time in the mountains, the snow. I went sledding like I did all of these things. Because I didn't just accept the comfort zone. I pushed into and past fear. Unfortunately, I've learned that the fear doesn't go away after just one exposure. I definitely kind of thought that would be the case. Like, oh, if you do scary things, then you'll be less. No, that's not true. I can tell you now. I can affirm for you that that is not true. But I do think that if you do scary things, you're far less likely to be so terrified all the time. Do some scary things this year. Choose the hard thing because you and I both know you're going to experience hardship in the next 12 months. But let some of that hardship be the kind that you decide on that changes you for the better. I hope that was helpful, guys. Now I'm going to go fall down a mountainside with William yelling at me. And I'll be back soon with more information. If you're still with me, I would love it if you would subscribe to the show. Just hit that subscribe button. And that way you will never miss an episode. I'll be back with more conversation soon. I'll be back on Texas soil soon. So that'll be great. I think it's about 70 back home. So I'm pretty pumped about that. And until then, guys, I love you. And I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. 
It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.